The following is a live podcast recorded at the Disruptor Series Live. All right. Well, we're here live at the 3% Conference here in Chicago, and uh, we are going to sit down with Thass. I like to just call you Thass. You're, you're like Cher. You only need one, <laughs> one name, but uh, we're here with uh, Thass Nassimadim, who is the CEO of Omelette. Yes, I am. Thanks for having me, Rob. Thass, welcome to the show. So tell us, what's your first impressions here of the 3% Conference? I think it's been really great. I love, I always love the idea of women coming together and really having the opportunity to share their stories. But what's even more awesome this year is, is the attendance of gentlemen um, and getting a lot of dudes. There's like a line for the men's room this time. I'm like, look at that. It's a really, it's a great opportunity for us to kind of have the conversations together because that's really how change happens. Um, Mm. We can't keep the conversation to just half of us. If we keep it there, we're never going to get the real change to happen. So Now, uh, how many 3% conferences have you been to? This is actually my first 3% conference. Yeah. Right, a rookie. Yeah, newbie, newbie. I've attended uh, Ag Color a bunch of times, mm. and it's been a really, it's one of my favorite conferences of the year as well. Um, I just love the authenticity that it brings, and I think 3% really has that that kind of feeling, and I think there's a really nice mix of kinds of folks here, so it's been mm. really exciting. So of, uh, you know, the interesting speakers here, interesting workshops, anything you've seen that has been, I don't know, surprising, something you're going to, you know, really stuck with you, you know, what, what have you seen? Yeah, the, the last group that actually, I was just at the My Family Origin Stories. Mm. These women, like I was brought to tears. Uh, it, they were incredible storytellers, um, poised and articulate and emotional, um, but restrained. Like it's everything you want to be when you're a presenter. And I'm like, I have so much work to do. And that's why I love coming to conferences like this to learn stuff and to really think about like, how can I make myself better? And how do I take this back to my agency? I'm like, this is, it's such an incredible exercise exercise to have to tell your own story um, and tell it in an emotive and interesting way for, you know, probably about a thousand people. So they, I think those women did an incredible job. Yeah. I think uh, you, you, you feel stuff here. Uh, one of the things I heard yesterday, and this is going to get into uh, your disruption because, uh, you know, we've got uh, tote bags, t-shirts and mugs to live up to here <laughs> at the Disruptor series, but, but, but your disruption, which is very unique. Uh, uh, Wade Davis uh, was talking yesterday that there are more CEOs named James mm-hmm. than there are women CEOs in the Fortune 500. Yes. So you are a disruption. Yeah. You, not only are you a female CEO, but you're a woman of color yep. uh, CEO. So can we talk a little bit about that disruption? How, how did this happen? How I don't know. I'm like, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, but in, in reality, it happened through hard work. It happened through the work um, and getting to and keeping the work front and center is is what I hope is what got me here. But also being a little bit fearless. And I think um, that's been a part of my narrative throughout my career. Um, that's actually how I met you, Mr. Schwartz, was years and years ago, I was at a small little agency in San Diego, um, which which didn't have the growth and the potential that, that I knew and I was hungry for. Um, so I went to this mythical land 10 years ago called Twitter. And I got to connect to incredible leaders who I found really inspiring. So people like yourself, people like Edward Boches, people like the BBH Labs crew, um, and these people that I really respected their point of view and what they were bringing to the table. Um, And little old me was just having a conversation and blogging, 
about things and writing about things and really having a point of view and a perspective and trying to share that with people who are way more interesting than I was and just hoping that maybe they'd pay attention. Um, and you did. And that's really, I mean, the, my path to being who I am today has been disruptive from the very get-go. Well, without question. And, and it's because you were interesting. At the end of the day, I didn't know what level you were at. I didn't know anything about you. I just knew that you had a name that was hard to pronounce. <laughs> there was a lot of vowels going on. and uh, But you kept uh, bringing things that were inspiring to me. Uh, you kept bringing things that made me see the world differently. So I, I And, and I want to pick up on the word that you use, which is fearless, because I'm mm -hmm. finding... In my experience, uh, the women I work with, you know, Nancy Reyes, for example, mm -hmm. she is fearless. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sitting with a client, uh, another another woman I work with. Uh, we were talking about a piece of work that we got through, and she was laughing at me. She says, "Boy, you know, we like, were really fearless in this." She goes, "I think you, Rob, you were ready to concede," and I was like, "Absolutely." <laughs> I'm like, "You guys, you know, had the guts, you know, or I didn't." I mean, do you find that, uh, you know, women in business actually? are more fearless than men oftentimes? I think it's because, and this is this is almost a strange thing to say, we don't have as much to lose a lot of the time. So you have to kind of go for it. You have to run through the wall and see what happens. Um, that's been through my whole career, that's been part of the narrative, is just running through the wall, seeing what happens, and hoping that it ends up in a good place and having like faith in the universe that something will pick me up if it doesn't work out. Um, and that's, you know, I, I feel like that's such a privilege that I have. Uh, because I feel like, again, based on the work and the things that I've accomplished, I have something to fall back on. So I can just run through the wall. I'm going to try the thing. And if I fail miserably, I hope that that work that's got me here this far will support me. And yesterday you were uh, you know, a, a great panel. Uh, another shy pirate, uh, Gia Choi, was yes. on there. Great to see her. Uh, and uh, one thing that's, that struck me about that, that panel uh, was that uh, I think all of you were children of immigrants. Yes. Uh, and of course, everybody in America, let's all remember this uh, certain people out there. We are all <laughs> children of immigrants here in America. But you are a recent uh, mm -hmm. child of, uh, of immigrants. How does that affect uh, your um, you know, way of working? I think so much about it has been about defying odds. You know, my parents are from Sri Lanka and, you know, we, we didn't have a lot growing up, but we were always provided for. We always had the best opportunities, even though I know it was really, really hard. I always felt like the there's the and, and Gia talked about this a little yesterday, too, is the Asian obligation because we're like, we have gotten this far. I'm like, they have got us here now we really need to live up to it. And that expectation that you set of yourself and really making sure that you're living up to the things that they've, the, the hardship that they've had to go through to get you there, um, it's so incredibly important to me. And I think, again, it, like it's, you, you look at like the idea of like motivation and like self-motivation, people are like, why do you push that hard? I'm like, it's because it's all I know. Like there's not a, there's a, there's not an alternate reality where not pushing hard or not working the hardest or being the fastest at the email or doing that. Like that's just been my nature forever. Um, that it's, and it's something that just doesn't go away. Um, and I think a lot of that is just watching that, the, the work that went into raising me um, and making sure that I am where I am. And, and you know, of course, we all want to make our parents proud, but I think that doing what I'm doing right now is also setting the course for my knee. I have three young nieces um, who are looking up to me and saying, I can be a CEO of a company. Uh, my 
10-year-old niece lent, sent me like the funniest email when I first got the position. She was like, do people call you boss lady? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, this is, I'm like, no, they don't. She's like, well, they should. I'm like, that is, and there's like, there's an innocence in that, but there's changing narratives within that. And it's so important for the next generations yeah. to be able to see that. And now I just take it as my responsibility. It's like, what do I do with this thing? I'm like, yes, I'm a CEO of a company. Yes, I'm responsible to my humans and my team. And that is first and foremost, and making sure they are provided for, they're happy, we're growing, we're making great work. But then it's also like, what impact can I leave on this industry? Well, I think you bring up a great point. You know, one, one thing that I think is um, very powerful about just you as a person uh, is just who you are, your energy on social media, the way you art direct things, the things you highlight. <laughs> uh, and what I'm seeing is that you're being seen. Mm -hmm. And I know mm -hmm. there's probably just a party that's like, hey, listen, this is who I am. This is, you know, kind of what I bring to the table. But I think it's very important. This, and this is something I, that I think creative people, and I consider you uh, a creative CEO because you come up through strategy. Thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, creative CEOs, I think we understand the power of visuals. Yes. And what things look like. And it's mm -hmm. important for things to look a certain mm -hmm. way. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, us using the color yellow. I, yeah. You know, things like that. So I think that you are really showing up. I mean, maybe talk a little bit about kind of the power of art direction yeah. in your leadership. I love that. I've never thought about it that way because I think it's so inherent to just how I think and I operate in the world that I live in. But I like to think that I like live a creative life. Um, and I want to have all the manifestations of that in the world just come to life and live up to that brief. And it's a really weird thing to think about your life in that way. But it's kind of how I'm wired. And like I feel it's so important to kind of, again, know here. It's a really... There's, there's a whole exercise with social media. And, and again, I, I was a strategist that grew up in the era of really understanding and really digging into the dynamics of what mm. social media is and what it's doing to us as a culture, what it does to people as individuals. But part of it, I, I've always felt like social media is ultimately there for good because mm. it's there to help you express yourself. It's there to help build whether it's a personal brand or just the ideas that 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 kind of permeate well, your I think mind. opportunity. I mean, I exactly. think our our relationship began on social media. Exactly. And so many of my best friends, I who are now people who I know off of social media, um, started there because the thing is there was th and there was a special moment in Twitter in particular mm. where there was a place where we could really have authentic relationships and really talk to people about things that mattered. Things that mattered to mm. the industry, things that like we were caring about and inspired by and scared of and we had like real conversations mm. about that. I kind of miss that about the about Twitter today, but where it is more about sharing news and updates. Well, and well by the way, there, there's there's um there, there's two kinds of uh, Twitter information. There's information and me formation. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, and that's where the the whole like self promotion through Twitter mm. is. Like, there's a gentle balance of that too, because part of it is it's a tool. It's a yeah. tool for people to get to know you better. But it also you have to have that that degree of authenticity. Kind of going back to your question mm. about art direction. Like, there's like I share a lot of memes on in my Instagram story. Yeah. Because those are things that those are ways for me to tell my own story. And like, these are things I think are funny. These are things I think are interesting. And that's part of my own narrative. And, you know, it's like, is, do most CEOs do that? Probably not. Every now and then I think about it. I'm like, nothing's ever inappropriate, but it's just like, these but, 
right, but, funny, well, well, interesting things. But, but all right, but I but I want to talk about this because what I'm seeing is uh, there are two kinds of CEOs now. Mm. Again, this is just yeah. just just you know a Rob Schwartz theory of one. But I'm seeing that there's traditional CEO and there's what I'm calling creative CEO. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we're going to talk about you. You know, I love your phrase about trying to live this creative life. But I'm seeing a guy like uh, David Solomon mm -hmm. at Goldman Sachs mm -hmm. who actually is a bit of a creative CEO. Mm. This guy's telling you about his DJ practice right. <laughs> as he's leading Goldman Sachs. Right. You know, right. these are, you know, uh, the financiers of the world, yet they have a creative CEO. So maybe we can, you know, you're a very smart person, a wonderful, <laughs> you know, uh, strategist by by training. Is there a traditional CEO and creative CEO? Are you? Is this a, a delineation we can uh, maybe start to uh, float out there? I I kind of love the idea of that. I do think that the fun part, or maybe the not so fun part about being a creative CEO is you still got to worry about all the same things that a traditional CEO has to worry about. I still, we're all, we're all responsible for the bottom line. We're all responsible to make sure that, you know, in order for us to make the greatest work of our lives, we've got to have money in the bank to pay everyone. And so those are those basic things that we still have to do, even as a creative CEO. So it's, you, you have, through my whole life, I've had that balance of, of kind of the, the different sides of my brain because the creative side always is the the outward facing part but the inward facing part is the part that was like in cognitive science as an undergrad and I went to business school and so I have well, all You are those. a real nerd bird. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I don't know if everybody knows that. <laughs> I'm like, I am a big old nerd and like that was a big, that's a big part of how my story comes together because I can be creative and I can do the fun things but I can still sit down and have a very serious conversation with a client about their business problems and how we can bring creative solutions and creative thinking to those very serious issues at hand and I think that's the that's the fun turn in the conversations because a lot of the time even I'm sure when you see me in a new business meeting is we start with like the fun and the energy but we very quickly can take the right turn and get into let's get into the let's get into the depth of your problems today what are we what are the big scary things that you're facing as a marketer because we know that's what our clients are facing today Absolutely. so what attracted you to omelet initially it was it was really interesting because I knew very little and I I did very little research. And it's, this is a terrible advice to anybody. Um, <laughs> this is the worst thing to say. But I, I was I was really, I, I had initial conversations with, with the leadership team at the time. And it was really inspiring because they were trying things in a different way. I love the idea of independence. I didn't always understand the ramifications of being independent <laughs> because particularly as a CEO, again, got to worry about that money thing. Uh, but there is, it was a really interesting opportunity. And they, they truly believed in me. Um, and that was the thing that I knew from the very moment I met Don Kurz, who's now our chairman. Um, so he was our former CEO. He always saw opportunity. And he's like, and even to this day, he sent me a very kind note on my four-year anniversary, which was last week. Um, he's like, I saw the, I saw a light in you. He's like, I saw I saw a spark, and that's that's all I needed to know. And he's always been able to take those kinds of risks. And he's he's a very he's actually he comes up through the finance world. He was a hedge fund guy. Um, so 
totally different kind of CEO to me in the world of traditional CEOs and creative CEOs. Um, but he, he knows that I'm grounded in a place that still has the business as the focus because the business is the people. Um, and that for me is what's what's most important right now. And as I met the people at Omelette, I met Sarah Siglarski, who is our CMO right now, and she's amazing. And there are these amazing spirits at Omelette. Um, and it was like, it was sort of an against all odds sort of thing where I'm like, how are we going to do this? This is really hard being independent. We don't have like, there, there isn't the stability of big rostered clients the way that I had grown up through the industry working on. I've been at all the big agencies. I was used to those budgets just being there. Um, whereas again, I, I they're not this, there anymore. Either. I know it's, it's all changed. It's all changed there for all of us, but it was, it was such a drastic transition. And for me, again, that fearlessness came up where I'm like, I'm just going to try this. Yeah. I'm like, who knows where this is going to land? But I feel like there are people who support me. And I really believe in the idea of what this place could be. Um, and, you know, here we are four years later. And and, and so what's what's the dream? You know, uh, people often ask me, uh, you know, when, when I became a CEO, you know, did you have a vision? Mm -hmm. And uh, I've come, as I look back on it now, I feel like, I don't know if I had a vision, but I had a delusion. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so I have strong is, delusions too. <laughs> so please share with us, what is your delusion I, for Omelette? I believe in my heart and soul that we can be the top three creative independent creative agencies in the next three years. Um, and it's something that's really scary to say, but I've been told the more I say it out loud, the closer it will be to reality. Um, and I believe we can be there. And it's, it's not just about the awards. It's not just about the title of that, but it's about what it means to us because, and that's what I really am trying to bring our leadership team around is we are, we, we want to achieve this thing together. Um, it's not going to be one person. It's not me. It's not just our chief creative officer. It's not just anybody. It's like the group of us are going to get there. And there's no, and, and, and again, in the same way that I said, I'm like, I don't know what if I'm doing the CEO thing right. This is the one thing I know we can do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's I, if we just, if we put in the work, if we put in, the, if we care as much as I know we do, um, I believe we can make it. And I, I think this is a, this is a noble ambition. Is there something particular right now you would say, but this thing is holding us back? Money. <laughs> is it? Money is hard. It is. And, 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 all right. So by the way, one thing I did learn as a CEO, which is different. Describe what what is it in terms of money? Is it the revenue? Is if, it the capex? Is it what kind? For, what 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 definition of the money? Well, for us, it's really about our you know company health is about making sure our EBITDA is and a healthy. I, I laugh about it. I joke about it all the time. Uh, but it is it's really important. It's an important health metric for us. Um, and and ultimately, you know, we've been we've been doing better. We're we're really growing as an organization. But in order, so there's there's that side of things that we want to continue the health. We want to see that growth, that progressive growth. The other side of it is how is the work getting better? Like, how are we seeing that? Because that you grow the quality of the work, you grow the work, you grow the EBITDA. Like, that's just how those two things go together. Like, there's not, you can't say you're just chasing one thing without the other because the great work will get there. Um, and and again, I, I see it through the hard work and our, our teams are incredible. Um, and they they're like, 
we have such an incredible mix of personalities. We have people who are architects. We have folks that we have the one of the creators of Super Troopers is mm -hmm. one of our creative directors. We have a really strange eclectic mix of people. Um, and sometimes it's funny when you're in an airport and you go and you're sitting down. You're like, all these people that are my team, we just went to a pitch. We don't look like we should all be hanging out right now. It's like we're not all slick ad people. We're not all like cool hipsters. We have people. We have nerds. We have great, amazing, we have business consultants. We have people who have just come from different worlds but have the same ambition. So it's like bringing those people together in service of building this business is like the greatest experiment of my life. So uh, without question. And, and I was, I was going to segue into the name of the agency. Does this... Is this why it's called omelet? It's different stuff in the eggs? It's, di it's different stuff in the eggs. It's, you know, it for us, it's been interesting because we've, we did a rebrand last year and we really had to look back at our nomenclature. Mm. And I will say one of the most incredible exercises to go through, and I'm sure you've done this too, is rebranding your agency uh, because it forces you to be really introspective. It mm. forces you to look at yourself with the amount of, criticism and and kind of intensity that you do with your clients and it was a great exercise for us and we're like omelet like the, uh, there was a moment where we're like should we still call ourselves omelet right. um and one of the it was interesting because we were really inspired by a leonard cohen quote um and you know there's a crack in everything and that's how the light gets in Ooh, uh, so when with us these cracks in the world are really opportunities um and that's and that's that's for us that's the light um so so the idea of omelet is really coming around this idea of see of positivity and seeing the light and the opportunity where other people may mm. see the breaks. I think that's brilliant. I love this idea of cracks. Mm -hmm. And so are you manifesting that? Yeah. Well, it's, and that's interesting because every agency has to have their thing. Like we, the whether it's BBH, we were zagging. Disruption is such. It's there. It's an important way of really delineating your your agency's point of view and really saying like what what is what is different about it. We haven't gone. We have not gone that far yet. But I do think that it's starting to show up with how we think about work as well. Mm -hmm. It's like where is the opportunity? Where is the crack? Where is the light that we're bringing to this problem? Problem. Um, and I think that's a really interesting metaphor that's starting to manifest more in the work. Yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, as, as you lay it out there and, and you're the kind of person who could make it happen. I think it's a metaphor in search of a methodology now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think you can just build this thing to, hey, listen, we, we see cracks and we find light. Yeah. I mean, I think that would yeah. be amazing. I love it, Rob. You're gonna, I'm gonna bring you on as my consultant. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not sure you can afford us. Though. I know. I you was know, gonna uh, say we, we are starting a consultancy <laughs> called uh, the Disruption Lab. So please feel free to bring. Oh us my in. gosh! I'm like you guys. Plug you guys. in. Plug. plug in. I can't love plug it. on my own show. That's terrible. I love it. So I have one other question for you yeah. uh, that I'd love for you to talk about is. What part of your Sri Lankanness oh. uh, are you putting into your business, or maybe not? You know, what's really interesting is like so. Sri Lankans are known for being hospitable. Um, I think that there's there's something about the culture that's always been about making people feel welcome, pe making people feel at home. Um, and I like to think that that's a big part of how I function and work at Alma. That's part of my role is making sure that people feel welcome, people feel like they're at a home. Um, it's not necessarily 
necessarily like it's interesting because people always talk about agency culture and like what culture means and culture for us is making sure all of our people feel like they belong um, and that they can be themselves um, I think that was one thing that I'm really fortunate with with Omelette is I've never been forced into being a certain kind of chief strategy officer or managing director or now CEO I can just be myself and that's what I want and that's again why it's so important that I live my life the way I do because all my people see that too and hopefully that encourages them to just be themselves because that's what we that's what we pay for we want your most creative most pure self to come to work um and that's you know that that's a part of the Sri Lankanness that I think I'm trying to bring in there yeah and we also don't know how to say goodbye to people <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in a room with a Sri Lankan but it takes us 13 times to leave a room like we will try to say goodbye today and we will not be able to say goodbye for at least 10 times well that's a perfect segue <laughs> I think you're a ray of light. I, uh, you know, you're one of those people. I, I, I just, I, I know you're going to be successful, and I, and I love watching it. So, uh, thank you, Rob. Please continue to be the disruptor that you are, and please show these clients the light. You're the, you're the person who can do it. Oh, thanks, Rob. Thanks, thanks for so much. Me. Thanks, Des. You've been listening to the Disruptor Series podcast, brought to you by TBWA Shy Day New York. Craving more disruption? Visit us at tbwashydayny.com.